I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 134. Hello, and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. Consider this verse in Psalm 119 that says, I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. Now to meditate on something is to consider it, to to roll it around in your mind, to focus on it for an extended period of time. And I don't think we're too good at that these days. You know, we read a book and then quickly pick up another one. We distract ourselves constantly with noise and music and television and news and other entertainment. We see something interesting, we we repost or share it, and then we move on to the next bit of information. And when you look up this verse in Psalm 119 in the original Hebrew, you will find that one of the translations is to sing. So to meditate, you could sing. And, and that is one way that you can meditate on God's word. And of course, that's the premise of this podcast, using the music that we listen to to guide us to scripture so that we can make connections so that every time we hear that song, those connections will be ignited. And this week, we will use the song To Live as Christ by Sidewalk Prophets to propel us into God's word. And what I love about this week's song is that the chorus comes directly from scripture. So as you sing along, you are literally meditating on God's precepts. So keep reading and then even beyond the scripture or around that scripture and really focus in and think deeply about what you're reading and fix your eyes on his ways. Wow. Then we're really um, accomplishing what is being told to us in this verse. So right now, Let's listen. For me to live is Christ. For me to live is Christ. For me to live is Christ to die is gain. For me to live is Christ. For me to live is Christ. For me to live is Christ to die is gain. Last week we learned about Saul's dramatic conversion to become a faithful apostle of Jesus, the very person that he zealously persecuted. And all of that proved that he was not too far gone for God to pluck him out and use him. Now, this week, our song leads us to a letter that he wrote. His name was eventually changed to Paul, and he wrote this letter to the Philippians. And since we spent some time considering him as a character last week, I want to introduce a Bible interaction tool exercise to help us as we head into this short letter to the Philippians. Now, my BITES, B-I-T-E, Bible Interaction Tool Exercises, these are habits that I pass on to you just to help you take a bite out of Scripture. I don't use every habit 
every time. There's actually kind of a long list as I've gone from week to week. I probably do use context every week though, or every time that I study scripture, but by putting these bites into your repertoire of how you approach the Bible, I think that you'll find the variety refreshing, and they may even help you dive deeper than you ever have before. So the bite that we're going to look at this week is the is looking into the historical context of the section of scripture that you're studying. Now, I often talk about reading in context. And as I mentioned, I do this every time. That's reading verses or chapters leading up to the specific area that you're focusing in on. And even reading past that area to give you context to the scripture that you're reading, to give you kind of an understanding, a broader understanding of what the author is trying to say or what's happening in the story. But there's another kind of context, and that is the historical context. So the historical context reflects what is going on in history when the text was written. So if you have a study Bible, there are often introductions written before each book of the Bible. And if you don't have access to a physical study Bible, don't fret. There's lots of resources online. In fact, I'm going to link to one of the resources that I used this week. I'll link to it in the show notes. Now, I say that a lot, but the show notes are just the notes that I take for you. It's a bulleted recap of the podcast episode. I mean, I realize that a lot of you are listening to the podcast while doing something else, like driving or cooking or getting ready in the morning. I've even had listeners say they they listened while they cut the grass. So you normally don't have a pen in hand when you're on a lawnmower. So I get that. But so just head over to michellekneezat.com forward slash 134, and you'll access the links to all the notes for this episode there. And then better yet, go ahead and subscribe while you're there. On the on the right-hand side, there's just a little subscription box, name and email. And the that those show notes, those bulleted list of notes that I take for you, that lands conveniently in your inbox each week. So I referenced Bible.org. And just in the opening points, just trying to understand the introduction and get a little bit of historical context, I, I learned four things. First, this is one of Paul's most informal letters. Uh, it, it, it talks about the fact that his love for the Philippians is obvious and overflowing. Uh, the next thing I learned is that Paul is imprisoned. Um, it does point out he uses the term joy over 16 times, though, while he's in prison. So his peace and his hope were obviously not based on his circumstances. Um, the next point is that there's an element of false teaching present in the church that he is addressing. So he's going to address that false teaching in the book of Philippians. And then in a book of just 104 verses, Jesus's name or title occurs 51 times. So that's just obvious that that Jesus was central in Paul's heart and mind and theology. And if you keep reading the article, you'll learn more about the city of Philippi and other historical facts. I don't do this every single time, but in this case, I do think it's interesting that Paul visited this church on missionary journeys. Now he sits in prison, perhaps never to get out alive, and he's writing to people that he dearly loves. This will change how you read Philippians, and it'll give you a context of the author as well. So the more you study the life of Paul, the more it can shed light on the words that he writes here. So let's dive right into Philippians chapter 1, and it starts out like this. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi, with the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So, 
This is how we know who the author of the letter is and who it's to. Now, we kind of skipped ahead in that knowledge because I just talked to you about reading the introduction. So we read that in the introduction. We learned about that in the introduction. But even if we didn't have that, even if we didn't have a study Bible, we never went to Bible.org. We just picked up Philippians and started reading. The scripture here is clear who it's from and who it's to. So there's no commentary really needed here. Let's keep reading. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you, all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Now, Paul is thankful for the relationship with the people of the church in Philippi. I love verse 6 and how profound that it came from Paul, you know, who seemed a little too far gone, but here reminds us that God is not finished with us yet. He of all people should know that. And I mentioned it before, but if you haven't listened to last week's episode, episode 133, it might be worth it. You know, understanding where Paul is coming from will definitely change the way you read his letters. And this verse in particular, you know, sometimes when you know something, uh, someone has gone through something really difficult and overcome it, that knowledge gives more weight to their advice to you. You know what I mean? And I think of that when I read Paul's words here. I think he, of all people, understands uh, what it is like for God to continue his good work in someone and just not be finished with them yet. So as we keep reading, it says, It is right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart. For you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. Now here is where we discover that Paul is imprisoned. And here is also where we discover his deep love for the people that he is writing to. It's such a beautiful picture. And he uses phrases like, I hold you in my heart and I yearn for you. And, and he uses that, that phrase, all the affection of Christ Jesus. Beautiful, just beautiful. And that's where you can see this, this love. He goes on to say, it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Christ Jesus to the glory and praise of God. Now, I know we're not unpacking this particular specific area of scripture today, but what a beautiful prayer. I often, uh, as a parent, struggle, what to pray over my children? You know, I kind of get in a rut. And I'm just thinking, as I studied this prayer this week, this might be my new prayer for a while. It's definitely my prayer for you. If your love could abound more and more if you could grow in knowledge and discernment and then you'll be able to approve of what is excellent other versions say discern what is best and with all that makes you so that you're pure and blameless waiting for Christ's return all for God's glory how amazing is that it's just another example of Paul's tender love for the Philippians but a deep love that is not just uh, shallow and surface He goes on to say, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it's become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. So what happened to Paul that served to advance the gospel? Oh, yeah, he was put in prison. 
So I'm reading this book with my daughter. Uh, she's in fourth grade, and they're reading uh, the classic book, Pollyanna. And Sweet Pollyanna plays a game called the Glad Game. And it's a game that was taught to her by her missionary father because her life was, was hard and rarely turned out right. You know, she lost her mother at a young age. Her father, being a missionary, couldn't provide for her and really depended upon the graciousness of others for, for part of that provision. And so they would get barrels of goods. They were missionaries out west. And though Pollyanna might have requested a doll, she once received crutches instead. And so the game was to figure out something to be glad about no matter what it was. So what was there to be glad about when you get crutches when you wanted a doll? Well, according to Pollyanna, you could be glad you didn't need them. So it seems to me that Paul is playing a sort of glad game here. You know, since he was in prison, he could share the gospel message throughout the Imperial Guard. So he's not glad that he's in prison, but he's glad that he can share the gospel. And since he was suffering so much, other people were more bold in sharing the gospel, looking at his example and saying, well, Paul's in prison sharing the gospel. I'm out here free. I'm going to be more bold in sharing the gospel, too. So he's not done there. He's, he's, just really, he's really practicing on this glad game. Let's listen to the rest. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I'm put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. Yes, I will rejoice. (laughs) Wow, that Paul, he is really good at the glad game, you know? He mentions that some people who were boldly sharing the gospel were doing it for good reasons, and others were not. And I have to admit, my personality is not to focus on the rejoicing part, but in the aggravation of all their ill intent. But not for Paul. He was glad. He rejoiced in the fact that Christ was being proclaimed, no matter the intent. He says, yes, I will rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage now, as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. Now here Paul validates the power of the in the prayers of his friends. That's an important point. And through their prayers and with the help of the Holy Spirit that lives within him, everything was going to turn out for his deliverance. Notice that he defines deliverance in two ways, whether by life or by death. I'm pretty sure when I'm praying for deliverance from my dire circumstances, I'm not considering death as a viable option. It's not on my list of choices to the Lord. But not Paul. He figured deliverance could mean release from prison or release from life. And then Philippians 1.21. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Now there's our verse that our song references directly. And it took us a while to get there, but it's worth reading the context, don't you think? So that it can mean a lot more. And let's just keep reading the rest of the section, though, because I, I want to make a few points about that. If I am to live in the flesh... That means fruitful labor for me. 
Yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I'm hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. So here, Paul unpacks further his reasoning behind his gladness. If he lives, he can continue to have fruitful labor. If he dies, he gets to be with Jesus. And I remember one night my youngest had a preschool teacher who had died. And she was just talking about how she missed her and that she wanted to go see her. But that in order to see her, she would have to die and go to heaven and see her. And she wasn't too sure she wanted to do that. But then again, she would get to be with Jesus and that would be pretty great. That's pretty much what Paul is saying here. There's also a little bit of verbal processing going on here. He starts off by saying he can't choose between the two, but then he keeps writing and says that he's convinced that it's better to remain alive and impact the progress of their faith. And not only that, he's sure he will be released from prison and be able to visit them again. So can we be like Paul when we are unable to serve others like we want to, maybe because of illness or finances or some other reason? Can we rejoice? Can we find a way that Christ will be glorified even in our limiting circumstances, maybe just in new ways? When we are mischaracterized and misunderstood, can we rejoice? Can we find a way to be glad even if our feelings are in shreds? When we sing to live as Christ and to die as gain, can we rejoice in either thought, living or dying? Is there a way to consider each negative element of our lives and find a way to be glad, to rejoice? Can we learn to play the glad game? You know, it takes persistence and intentionality. You kind of have to learn how to do it. Are we even willing to practice? Or are we on to the next thing without thought? Are we filling our lives with distractions so that we don't have to consider how to be glad in that circumstance. So ponder these questions and any more that come to you as you meditate on scripture through this song. When you hear the song, consider the love that Paul had for these folks. That might have something to do with why living, even though at the moment was an awful, awful situation, he was imprisoned. And look, it's not prison like our prisons. It was a pretty wretched experience. Um, Not that prison here is great, but we've got air conditioning and regular food and, you know, uh, books and and some entertainment and things like that. So it, it was pretty awful. But the fact that Christ can be glorified in any situation And you just have to look at it from all sides and sometimes a little out of the box like Pollyanna does in the glad game. So what's next? Well, read Philippians chapter one, of course. You know, Philippians is a letter and it only has four chapters. So perhaps you can just read the entire letter. Take a new bite this week. Read about the historical context of Philippians and see what that does to your reading and your understanding of the situation. Play Pollyanna's glad game like Paul does here in Truly reflect on what you can rejoice about, even if you are in some pretty crummy circumstances. And then while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneesat.com. Hop on Twitter or Facebook and let's talk about what you're learning. 
Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to shout out to Rachel from Ohio, Tim from Canada, Kristen from Michigan, Joel from Texas, Jana from Florida, and Sadie from Illinois. These are my newest subscribers to my website, Welcome. As I mentioned earlier in the podcast, the benefit of subscribing is that I will uh, recap the week's episode and give you instant access also to any resources that I create. But I also create a memory verse resource that you can display on your smartphone, your tablet, your desktop, or you can print it out. All of these things are all just my way of saying thank you for listening. I wish I could sit over a cup of coffee and visit with you and thank you for listening. So this is the best that I can do in, in under the circumstances that we're in. So head over to michellekneezat.com to subscribe today. And then don't miss an episode of my podcast. You can subscribe in iTunes for uh and Stitcher Radio for Android users. While you're there, please leave me a written review and a star rating. It it encourages me. It really does. But it also gives me credibility and helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Just like Rashonda, who wrote this week, I love that this podcast is on Mondays. It just sets the tone of my week. And as I listen to my local Christian radio station and I hear a song featured, it helps to bring the word alive to my heart and soul and walk it out in my life. Wow, Rashonda, thank you so much for that kind review. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will use the song Magnify by The Messengers. If you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneezat.com forward slash 134. And then while you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways. 